Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, give yourself a hand. Stop and think. It's pretty amazing after 20 years, the amount of seeds that have been planted and and sown. And the reality is that many of us won't even get to see some of that fruit until uh, the kingdom of heaven and all the fact that the, the kingdom has been made greater and heaven will be more populated. And that's something that's pretty cool when we stop and think. But then at the same time, we, we've also, we do get to see some of the fruit because we get to see some of the lives that have been made whole and restored and the marriages that have been uh, brought back together. And then so, again, as we celebrate and honor our, our pastors, we're also celebrating and honoring many of you who have said yes to continuing to build God's great church. And so I think we should just give ourselves a hand, give God a hand for what he's doing. Amen. Well, hey, I promise you this, you, you didn't come just to, to have church today. Um, we've got a, a real special treat. Pastor, Pastor Shane Baxter is in the house. He's in the building with us. He is on our apostolic team. And if you have been around here at all, you've been able to sit under some of his teaching, and you know he's a great preacher, and uh, you know he's a little bit rowdy. He's a, he's a as you call it, a, a little a skippy kangaroo sometimes. Uh, he's from the land down under, so I can say that. Um, he comes from Melbourne, Australia, has an amazing church. And uh, Pastor Shane and Georgie are great, great friends of this house and ministry, great friends to, to my parents. And uh, would you do this? Would you stand and put your hands together as we welcome Pastor Shane Baxter to the stage? Praise God. Come on, if you're going to clap this morning, let's clap for Jesus, shall we? Come on, let's lift up a shout of praise. How many of you know God is in the house today? Jesus is in the house today. Come on, you can clap like you think he's here. He's here. So you like. How many how many of you believe God is in the house? How many of you love the house? How many of you are thankful for this house? If you've been here for any length of time at all, I am sure that you are thankful for this house, as in we are thankful for this house. We love this house. We love you guys. We feel like we're family. We step in here and we do get rowdy and we, we, we just feel right at home. And, and so right off, just out of curiosity, how many of you had a great night's sleep last night? Give me a wave if you had a great night. Wow, lots of you. How many of you had a good night's sleep? Just a good night. All right, unless, how many of you had a lousy night's sleep? Give me a All right, just a few of you, a few of you. If you had a lousy night's sleep, I can identify with you. At at 2.30 this morning, how many of you know what jet lag is? Jet lag. Going that way is one thing, coming this way is something else. And so I had some good night's sleep leading up until last night. Now, we went to sleep at about 11 o'clock last night, and at 2.30, 2.30, I went like, and I'm looking at the ceiling thinking to myself, no! Not tonight, I gotta preach in the morning. <clears throat> but how many of you know we're gonna preach anyway? So here's the deal. I need you to help me. How many of you can help me out? Here's the deal. The louder you listen, the shorter I'm gonna preach. The louder you listen, the better I'm gonna preach. Is it come on, is there anyone gonna help me today? 
How many of you are thankful for your pastors? How many of you are thankful for your pastors? <clears throat> you should be. You should be. After 40 years of ministry, 20 years of serving you, I've got to tell you, I've been around some pastors. I've been around a block once or twice or three times. And, and to see, see people like this, who after 40 years are still in love, are still in the ministry, who are still doing it right, it is a rare and a beautiful thing. Why don't we give it up for them one more time? 40 years, praise God. You guys are awesome. You can be seated, everybody. But I want to encourage you, if you can listen loud, that would be awesome. Come on now, you can listen louder than that. It's like, well, give us something to listen to. All right. Well, we're going to do that in just a minute, but we bring greetings, obviously, from Enjoy Church in Melbourne and wherever else it may be, and we just uh, bring greetings. It's a joy for us to be here. Enjoy Church loves your pastors. There's no doubt about that. If, you, if, you, if you're in our office and you were to talk about the nicest people in the world, we would be talking about your pastors. There's no doubt about that. We, as in, that's how they're known in our world. They are just the nicest, sincerest, and most beautiful people and so as I, as I come here today, uh, you may be a guest in the service today. And so just so you know, I don't plan to do church. You've already heard that. I asked Pastor Jonathan, I said, uh, what are you looking for from me when I come? And, and so he said, whatever you want to do. I said, good, I don't want to do church. I don't want to do church. How many of you have done church along the way? You've done church a lot. I've done church. You've done church. You needed to do church sooner. That's what I reckon. As in quoting from the bishop, Led Zeppelin. I'm not too sure about that. But I reckon you should have got saved. But you are an inspiration. Your hair is my inspiration. As in, uh, yeah. How many of you think this, um, Pastor Jimmy, Reverend Dr. Bishop uh, Jimmy, is the, the coolest man you've ever met? I remember, I remember, as in... You are my hair inspiration. This man over here, he inspires me in many areas, but not the hair. Uh, <clears throat> but not the hair, but you're my hair inspiration. I remember the first time I met, actually, three couples here. Uh, we all met at the same time, and I remember sitting there in that place where we had coffee or whatever, and I was just looking at you thinking, you are the coolest man I have ever met. As in, you could be a disciple. I reckon you could be a disciple, one of the disciples, but... I'm not too sure which one had the guitar. But anyway, we could work that out. What am I talking about? How many of you know I am jet lagged? Praise God. But, sorry? We're not going to do church. I don't want to do church. As in, I've, been in I've, been, I've had a little bit of time off recently. And as I come back in, I don't want to do church anymore. I've done church for a long time. Uh, I, I grew up in church. I wasn't of the church. Then I started uh, in church because I fell in love with Jesus. And I've gone along that journey. And, and then, but now I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to come to church and just go through the motions. I want to have an encounter with God. Every time I come to church, I'm looking for the moment. I'm looking for the encounter. I want the burning bush. I want the suddenly experience. I want God to turn up. Is there anybody in the house that wants God to turn up today? God to turn up in your life. God to turn up in our lives. And so... So if you're our guest, just get ready for a moment. And um, if, you're, if you get to the end of the service and you're like, I'm not too sure about this place, come back next week. All right. Just blame the Skippy the Bush Kangaroo and I'm going to hop back to Australia very soon and you'll be able to get on with business. So it's a great joy for us to be here. We bring greetings and congratulations to you all from Enjoy Church. 20 years of the Rock of KC. 
It's an incredible thing, and it's an incredible church. You are an incredible church. We, when we come here, we feel like family. If you're not planted here and you don't have a, a local church of your own, get planted here. It's an incredible church. We're celebrating 20 years of the church and 40 years of ministry, life-giving ministry. How many of you know you cannot be around this couple without receiving something from God that is life-giving? And well, one of the reasons Georgie and I are so excited to be here is simply because uh, as we come to celebrate you and you, uh, you are no normal people. You know what I'm saying? How many of you would agree with me, these people are not normal? Amen. And the reason you love them so much is because you're not normal either. Amen. None of us in this place are normal. It's just one of those places. Your pastors are cut from an extraordinary cloth. That is the truth. Uh, a cloth that is full of integrity and virtue and love and grace, which is why this church is clothed in righteousness and radiates so brightly the love and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You come in here and you can't help but feel it. If you come in a little bit broken, how many of you know you're going to get healed before you leave? If you come in here searching, how many of you know if you're in here and you can be broken and God can put you back together because of the love and the grace that is in the house. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> That's why this church is this church. But as we celebrate, and, and a little bit, I'm just going to bat right off the back of what you've already said because what you've said is true. As we celebrate today, I really feel that we have come... Uh, to, to hear, to encourage you simply in this. So I want to encourage you, th th that want to remind you that this story is not complete. That this story is not over. God's not finished with you, Pastor Philip and Pastor Susan, and God is not finished with you, Rock of KC. God is not finished. This story is only just beginning. As I read scripture, I can clearly see as I, as I go through the pages and, and just go from chapter to chapter and book to book, I can see that we're meant in Christ to go from strength to strength and glory to glory. How many of you know God has got better days for you? God has got better days for your future. God has got more in store. Whether that be speaking to you as the individual, you as a couple, you as a business person, you as a ministry person, you as the church, God has got so much more for you. And we can all see that the promises of God are not simply for individuals or even for a single generation, but know that they are for families and they are for generations, generations. I love the fact that God is wanting to pour something out on you, that you might take it and you might run with it, but not just that you would run with it, but you'd give it to the generations that are following after you, that they might also take hold of that baton of inheritance and run and run, and then in the fullness of time, pass it to the next generation and to the next generation and to the next generation. How many of you know God has got so much more. The promises of God are never just for you, but always for the generations that are coming after you. So as we come to celebrate, yes, it is to celebrate 40 incredible years of faithful and fruitful ministry. And yes, it is absolutely to celebrate the 20 years of the Rock of KC. But just as much, I feel like we are here to encourage you, Pastor Philip and Susan and church, to lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and look about, for you're about to see the glory of the Lord in the most amazing and miraculous of ways. Sometimes you just got to stop and lift up your eyes. Sometimes you just got to take a second look. Some of you might, have, might be like, well, I've looked before and I didn't see what I was believing for, didn't see what I was looking for. Can I encourage you today to lift up your eyes with expectation and get ready for what God is about to do? 
In Genesis 18, from verse 18, it says, For Abraham will become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord and do what is right and just. Then I will do for him all that I have promised. I like the fact that it says there, then. Then, then, then. When we do this, then, then says the Lord, I will do for him all that I have promised. Regarding the promises of God, aren't we all glad today that the one who promises is faithful? Praise God. I don't know about you. I reckon he is way more faithful than I am. As in, if it was dependent upon my faithfulness, we'd be in trouble. But how many of you know it's not dependent just about it's because of him. It's all about him and his faithfulness. And he is faithful. God is faithful and true to his word, which means for all of us that are in Christ, in him, his word will surely come to pass. Now, personally, if I was God and I'm not, I'm just Australian. But if I was God, I wouldn't have been singling out Abraham to pour this blessing out through. I would have gone in a different direction. And the reason I wouldn't have singled out Abraham and Sarah is because from the start, from the very start, we know, and I'm sure God knew, they were barren. They, they were past it. They were barren. It's like, why, why on earth would we choose the hardest possible case scenario in the house. Why wouldn't we go looking for, for Billy and Jenny and, you know, that couple that breed like rabbits, you know what I'm saying? Why don't we go just find a couple that are obviously very fertile and got kids everywhere and let's go single him out because he's got kids, but we're talking about someone who doesn't have kids, who can't have kids, and as he raises up his sons and, teach, and gets them to teach their families, and it's like, but he can't have children. Don't you know, God, it's impossible? How many of you are facing some things that are impossible in your life? Get ready, God wants to turn it on its head. Get ready, God wants to turn it around. Friends, I want to encourage you today. God's way is not the easy way. God is always going to look for that person, look for those people that it's very unlikely that this is ever going to happen if it can actually happen. God is going to find people like us, broken vessels, people like you, people like normal people. It's like he's not always looking for the superstars. He's just looking for normal people. Most of the time, unlikely, unlikely choices. I wouldn't have chose Abraham, and I'm sure most of us wouldn't. The reason God doesn't want to choose people that are already there is because then he has to share his glory. But when he chooses the most unlikely, and we all see the miracle, how many of you know God gets the glory? God wants to pour out his glory through you. God wants to pour out his glory through this incredible couple. In Genesis chapter 18, reading from verse 9, it says here, where is Sarah your wife, they asked him. In the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, about this time next year, and I really feel that as we look at this passage today, and like I said, I haven't come to preach, uh, as in I'm good for preaching, but I don't really feel that's why I'm here. I've just come to share a word with you as a church, and if you can receive it and take hold of it, I believe just as it's going to be for your pastors, so it's going to be for you. And as I stand here today and speak about this time next year, I can promise you, you put the date in your calendar, and between here and there, you're going to see the supernatural happen in your life. Between here and 
and there, you're going to see the miraculous happen in your life. Between here and there, you're going to receive things in your spirit and you're going to know that this is God. And as you lay hold of God in that place, you're going to see God move by His Spirit. About this time next year, I will return and your wife Sarah will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent nearby. How many of you love it? It's like she's got the ear up against the tent and she's sort of listening. And, and it's like, and since Abraham, he says here, and since Abraham and Sarah were both very old and Sarah was long past the age, the age of having children, she laughed silently to herself. On the inside, she's laughing. Anyone here ever laughed at the promises of God? That's where she's at right there. How could a worn-out woman like me have a baby, she thought. And when my master, my husband, is also so old, Pastor Philip. <laughs> Pastor, I'm just, did you see? Anyway, moving right along. I'm not saying you're old, but she was saying, all right. Then the Lord, yeah, whatever. Then the Lord said, then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? I, I, I don't know about you. I, I love, I love, I reckon the Lord has got a sense of humor. I reckon the Lord, he's just a little bit of a, I'm a bit of a scallywag, you know what I'm saying? In Australia, we'd say cheeky. I reckon the Lord's a bit cheeky at times. He sees stuff, he hears stuff, and we think we get away with stuff, and he's like, no, I got, the, I got you, I got you. I know where you're sitting. I just, well, I'll, I'll come around, it's all right, we'll get there. So he says here, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Friends, I ask you today, is anything too hard for the Lord? But a year from now, just as I told you, I will return and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied that she had laughed. It wasn't me, I didn't do it. But he said, that is not true. You did laugh. <laughs> I love it. You laugh, sister. All right, so just so we're clear, just so we know what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. Pastor Susan, I'm not saying you're going to have a, a child, all right? I'm not saying you're going to have a child or a son next year, as in that's not my business, what you and Pastor Phil do, that's between you guys. If you want to have children, a bit of Barry White music, candles, whatever, it'll all be good. But that's between you, sorry sister, uh, you just go right ahead, all right? But what I am saying, so I'm not saying that you're going to have children She's giving me that shade. I can't believe you're talking like that. I'm not saying I have children, but what I do believe is this. I am saying that a time of pregnancy is coming to you both. I honestly believe that a time of pregnancy, I'm not talking in the natural, I'm talking in the spiritual, obviously. I believe, I believe there's going to be things conceived in you of the Holy Spirit. I believe there's probably dreams that have been dormant in you for years, and it's like you dare not even pick it up. Don't want to touch that because it's like, it's like, how many of you have got dreams in you that you've put down because it hurt too much when it didn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen? We know Sarah got herself into trouble here, don't we? Because she's like, I can't make this thing happen. I tried to make it happen. And why don't you do, 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 do? And it's like, it's just a nightmare. And so we, we step away from the things that were actually words from God. It was God's idea. Some of you in this room, I have no, no doubt you would be carrying God's idea. God's dreams already being conceived in you, but, but you dare not even go there because of the hurt, because it didn't happen in the time frame that you wanted it to happen. It didn't happen the way you thought it would happen. Friends, I want to encourage you today, and I encourage you today, new things are going to be conceived in you. 
And don't say, but I'm too old, as in, and because you're not, as in, the reality is, uh, as in, the whole world is changing. There is so much life and so many decades still in front of you. And so let, let's forget the, uh, my, my, my race is almost run. And it's like, you know, we pass the baton to the next generation. And no, no, no. God has still got so much more. Friends, I'm here to speak new dreams, new dreams, new dreams, prophesying new promises, new promises, new promises, and declare new beginnings in Jesus' name. I speak it over you, and if this is your house, then you need to reach out and receive it for yourself. Take it for yourself, take it for your marriage, take it for your family, take it for all that are near and dear to your hearts. Surely all the nations on the earth will be blessed through you, all the peoples will be blessed through you. Now, you're aware, we're all aware, that for this to happen, for Abram to receive what was being promised by God, there's going to be a number of things required. We're going to look at just two of those things today. To see what God has spoken to Abraham come to pass, uh, pass at least two things are required. I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 22, and we're going to read a passage of Bible. How many of you are Bible people? Can I encourage you, if you're not yet a Bible person, dive into the Bible. I, I know there's a, there's a lot of places in the kingdom today and you're going to go to some places and they're going to give you all the great ideas and whatever, but I promise you this, you can build your life upon the Word of God and when, when the tough times come, your life is going to stand. You build your, eyes, ideas, you build your life on the ideas and the wisdom of man. How many of you know? Whatever. Whatever. All right, Genesis 22, reading from verse 1. Later on, God tested Abraham's faith and obedience. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. God says, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will point out to you. All right, the next morning, Abraham got up early. I would have called in sick. You know what I'm saying? If it, if it had been me and the Lord said, okay, Shane, I want you to get up in the morning and go sacrifice. How many of you know that's not going to happen now? Okay. But if God had to say that to me, I would have been calling in sick that day, but not Abraham. No, no, no. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He's up early because he's a man of faith and he, he understands that I don't know how this is going to end, but it's going to be good because God is good. So he gets up early. Huh. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood to build a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place where God had told him to go. On the third day of the journey, Abraham saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the young man. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and then we will come right back. I like the fact that he says, we will go and worship and then we will come right back even though he knows he's going to go sacrifice his boy because he's figuring even if I do sacrifice him God is well able to raise him up again and how many of you know well you know where it goes all right the boy and I will travel a little farther we will worship there and then we will come right back Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the knife and the fire as the two of them went on together, Isaac said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the wood and the fire, said the boy, but where is the lamb for the sacrifice? God will provide a lamb, my son, Abraham answered, and they both went on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told Abraham to go, he built an altar and placed the wood on it. Then he tied Isaac up and laid him on the altar over the wood. How many of you would like to know what was going through Isaac's mind right about now? 
I didn't think this was how it was going to turn out. All right. And Abraham took the knife and lifted it up to kill his son as a sacrifice to the Lord. At that moment, the angel of the Lord shouted to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, he answered, I'm listening. Lay down the knife, the knife, the angel said. Do not hurt the boy in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld even your beloved son from me. Then Abraham looked up. Everyone say, look up. All right. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a bush. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering on the altar in place of his son. Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. Some of you need to get that today. Get it in your spirit. Get it in your heart. The Lord will provide. This name has now become a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the, this is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son, I swear by my own self that I will bless you richly. I will multiply your descendants. And this is what I speak over you today. I will multiply your descendants into countless millions like the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. They will conquer their enemies and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because you have obeyed me. Then they returned to Abraham's young men and traveled home again to Beersheba where Abraham lived for quite some time. So life went on. How many of you know life goes on? Praise God for that. And in the fullness of time, the promise of God was fulfilled in Abram's life, or through Abram's life. And so I love this fact that here's a man just like you and, you and I, and, uh, but the thing that he has is this thing called faith. And when God speaks, he's willing and wanting to stand up, to rise up and actually go and do what God is asking him to do. He doesn't know the end from the beginning. He doesn't know how it's going to work out. He just knows if God says it, I can believe it and I can step into it. Friends, I want to encourage you today. If God has said it, you can believe it. Now begin to step into it and watch what God will do. Watch what God will do. Come on, you can do better than that. I'm, I'm preaching. I'm speaking better than you're listening. Come on. You got to get it in here. You got to get it in here. Sometimes you just got to get it in here. You got to, it's got to go from here because we all know the word, but we've got to get it from here to here. Huh. Pastor Philip and Susan, lift up your eyes for God is about to multiply your sons and your provision that you might have all that you need to fulfill the promises God has already spoken and the promises that he's about to speak. In the next 12 months, God is about to speak. When Abraham led Isaac up the mountain, how many of you know Isaac was as good as dead? Good as dead. As in, there's no doubt about it, Abraham was going to go through it. He's going to go through with it. There's no doubt about it. But he was certain that he was going to bring the boy back down. He didn't know how God was going to do it exactly, but he was sure and certain that he was going to come back down with the boy. <laughs> I love it. I love the fact that this boy is as good as dead, but how many of you know God gave him back to Abraham? Why did God give the boy back to Abraham? Because God knew and God knows that the promises of God can only ever be fulfilled through our sons and daughters. That's how it works. If, it, if, it, if it's finished in this generation, I would question, was it really a promise from God? Was it really God's word? It has to be released through the generations that are coming beyond us and after us. Now, girls, as I talk about sons here, just be assured I'm not talking, it's not a gender thing. 
As I speak about sons, I'm speaking about daughters as well. This is not a gender issue. This is not an age issue, but this is a heart and a spirit issue. As I speak about sons and daughters in the faith, I'm referring to those that carry the spiritual DNA of this house. That's who I'm referring to. It's like, even though we have biological sons and daughters in the house, that's not necessarily what I'm referring to either. I'm talking about those who carry the spiritual DNA of the house, of their spiritual parents. I love the fact that, how many of you, how many of you have been blessed in this house? Give me a wave, you've been blessed in this house, under this ministry. Basically, all the hands are going up because I get it. Because you have a mum and a dad that carry something of the kingdom of God and the spirit of God. And that's why this place is, it's not normal, it is unique in the kingdom of God because this couple are unique in the kingdom of God and their uniqueness has come upon you which is why whenever anyone comes in here they are blessed and they receive life and they receive grace and all the rest of that I I love the fact that that the promises of God that are on them are going to come upon you what God has spoken over their life is going to come upon your life why because you're sons and daughters of the house you're planted in the house those, you are those who carry the same spiritual DNA and desire, desire to see the words that have been spoken over the house come to pass. That's what spiritual sons and daughters do. That's what they are. That's what identifies them. It's not just the DNA, but it's the same desire. What does mum and dad want? George and I were talking about Isaac and the fact that he would carry the burden of this timber as he's carrying it along. You have a dad who's leading the way and obviously he's got his own burden. How many of you know leaders have their own burden? Pastors have their own burden. He's got the knife in his hand. He knows where he's going. As in the young son didn't know where he's going but the young son was willing to follow because he's a son. Sons and daughters follow their spiritual parents wherever they're going and they're prepared to carry the burden. How many of you know we're getting a bit deep right now? But let's just go here because what's on them is about to come on you. But you've got to be a spiritual son or daughter. If you're you're passing through, you can receive something. But if you want it all, you've got to get planted. All right, got to commit. How many of you know parents are committed? Sons and daughters are committed. That's the way it works. The, The Apostle Paul referred to Timothy as being his true son in the faith. True son. And as I've said, Praise God, you've got your biological children in the house and grandchildren in the house. But you know what I love about this church? There are spiritual sons and daughters everywhere. That's why George and I love coming here. We feel like we're stepping into a family. It's not a club. This is not, this is not the Rock of KC club. It's the church, the body of Christ. It's the family of God, as it were. And we come here and we, we know there's sons and daughters everywhere. We talk to you every time we come here. And added to sons and daughters, so we're going to need sons and daughters. If we're going to see the promises of God come to pass, we need sons and, sons and daughters. You know what else we need? We need God's provision. God's provision. Where does God's provision come from? You know where it comes from? It comes from sons and daughters. That's how God works. God places the lonely in families. God brings people from wherever he brings them and plants them together because he knows what's best for all of us. And so then we become sons and daughters. As I say, this is not a, this is not a, a gender issue and it's not an age issue. At home, we've got sons and daughters in the faith that are way older than we are. But they see us as, as their spiritual parents. It's very humbling. 
because there's responsibility comes with that. But it's very humbling. But, but, but then, so we find ourselves in this place where now we're surrounded by sons and daughters who are prepared to carry the burden of the ministry, the burden of sacrifice wherever we need to carry it so that the vision and the plans and the purposes that God has got for the house might be fulfilled. You know what I, I love? I, I love I love when we see sons and daughters who are planted, who are prepared to follow their spiritual mum and dad wherever they go. This is what, I, this is what we see. We have seen it over and over and over. I always had a, I'll tell you, I'll just go left for a minute. We were, we were in Caroline Springs, which is where we live. Uh, we live on the western side of Melbourne. There's lots of suburbs out there, lots of people out there. And, and I was meeting one of our location pastors and he goes, watch this. And so, so we're on the, standing on the side of the road he makes a phone call and he, he goes, go to the window and give us a wave. And we look up into this bell tower and here is this young man from Enjoy who's probably now in his early 30s. He's been there from day one. We've been there 25 years. When we, when we went to Enjoy, he was this big. Now he's a businessman and he's in the main bell tower of Caroline Springs and he's waving from the window as a business owner. You know what? I've got to tell you, I love it. I love it. And I was like, I met this kid when he was this big. He's grown up in the house. He's, he's, uh, he's just imbibed. He's just taken everything. He's grown in God. And now he's a businessman. He's a family man. He's living his dream. What is on us has come upon him. How many of you know that's what happens? There's a transference what's upon us. But you know what? He's also carrying the burden of ministry. He's also, when, when it's time to turn up, he turns up in the most powerful and wonderful ways. I love the fact that when, when we have sons and daughters in the house who are committed to mum and dad, what's on mum and dad comes upon the sons and daughters. And then we see the release of provision come. And when I talk about provision, I'm talking about resource to do whatever, whatever. And it's the most wonderful thing because you see it comes through the most obscure places, the strangest of people. And it's like, I didn't know I didn't know. I had no idea. I had no idea. But all these sons and daughters, because they're in the house, planted in the house, what's, what, what is on the house and what's on the parents comes upon them. The provision of God comes. Genesis 22, reading from verse 13, it says, Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a bush. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering on the altar in place of his son. Abraham named that place, the place, the Lord will provide. This name will now become a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, has now become a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I'm sure we'd all love the provision of God to be seen and realized at base camp. Wouldn't that be good? Just sort of take that whole day out. Can't we just get up? Go to Macca's and have the Lord provided all for us. It's like, no, nah, doesn't work like that. God wants to see us step this thing out. God wants to see if we're going to be obedient. God wants to see if we're prepared to sacrifice. God wants to see if we're prepared to carry the burden for somebody else, the burden of sacrifice. That's what sons and daughters do. You know, we look around our world now in Joy Church. I gotta tell you, you know what I, I love? This is what I love the most. All of our locations are now pastored by sons and daughters of Enjoy. 15 locations from Osaka to Phnom Penh to different states in, in Australia. 
South Australia, Hobart, Victoria. They're all sons and daughters. You, you know them. As in, they're crazy like you. As in, some of them don't wear socks either. That's all right. We've got St. Vinnie's over there. Catholics got St. Vinnie's and we get them socks once a year. I love the fact, I, I love the fact that it's our sons and daughters who are leading our locations, pastoring our people, loving them, caring for them. What is on us has come upon them. What is upon us has come upon their children. It comes upon them all. I'm believing for this church. I'm believing for something to happen within you in the next 12 months. And if this is your church and your sons and daughters and committed to this couple and this house, then what's on them is going to come upon you. Some of you need a new dream. Some of you just need that dream to fire up again. Just wanted to grab hold of you again. I, I, I'd, I'd ask you to raise your hands, but I'm not going to because I can stand up here and see you smiling at me like, who told you? Nobody told me anything. Or maybe God told me something. I want to encourage you. This is your time. Get ready for what God is about to do. Georgia and I have come a long way. We've come 15,000 kilometers to be with you. The only other time I've come to America for one weekend of ministries for you guys, and uh, that did my head in. It's a long way to come, to fly that way, then straight back. But we're here, and the reason we're here, 15,000 kilometers, that's about 9,247 miles or something like that, from our door to your door. It's a long way swimming over the Pacific. It's good for my shoulders, though, praise God. Uh, we're here to pray. We're here to pray for you, and we're here to pray for you. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you all to stand, if that's okay. Can we all stand today? Are you good? Are you ready? You ready? You ready, bro? Man, you're a big boy. Praise God. <laughs> Pastor Philip and Susan, would you be able to join Georgie and I down here for a minute? How many of you love your pastors? Give me a wave. Give me a wave. Give them a shout. Give them a hollow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's like deja vu. Feels like we did this yesterday. <clears throat> I think we did. And you might be like, well, if you did it yesterday, why are you going to do it today? Because you, many of you weren't here yesterday. And that's okay. But if we don't do this today, then you're not going to get what you need to get before you walk out the door. Because there's something on them that's going to come upon you. How many of you are ready for that? Yeah. We're going to pray. The man said, I'm going to come back in 12 months' time. You're going to have a child. That would probably mean that the conception period was like within that three-month period. As in... That's arithmetic down under, nine months, three months, whatever. So for those of you who don't know, Reverend Jimmy will explain it after the service. <laughs> I believe something supernatural, Pastor Philip. You know I love you. You're like my brother. I, I know. We, we, George and I sincerely love this couple. There are a few people, in, we don't know other, any other people in the world like you. We love you to bits. It's a joy to be here. And that's why when I came, I didn't want to come and just preach a message. But I wanted to bring a word. And I believe it's time for you both in Lord to get pregnant again with something of God. 
for the next season, for the next part of this journey. It's been incredible, but it's about to go to another phase. I'm going to ask the brothers and sisters that are around you, because I know that we've got the team here, and we've got family here, and we've got the church team here. But maybe you're here today, and you're a son or a daughter, and you don't want to miss out. You want to be part of this blessing. I'm going to ask everyone that's a son or daughter in the house to come forward and surround. So beginning with this team right here, if you can just come forward and surround them. And that if this is your house, then these are your spiritual parents and you want to be part of both imparting and receiving what is about to happen. I want to invite you just to come and I want you to put one hand over your heart and the other on the shoulder of the person in front of you. And the reason I want you to put the hand on the shoulder of the person in front of you is so that as we pray, what is going to come upon them is going to begin to flow from the front to the back. And every person that's connected is going to receive. If you don't connect, you don't receive. I said, wouldn't it be good if we could just all have it our way? Can't you just pray for us here in our seats and we can just get whatever? I love the fact Jesus always wanted to reposition people, get them out of their comfort zone, get them exercising a bit of their faith. That's what we're doing today. I'm going to pray for Pastor Philip and Susan, and then I'm going to get Georgie to pray. Georgie's going to pray for the sons and daughters of the house that you would both receive and release provision for the vision of the house. We're also going to pray that what we pray upon this couple would flow through to you too and there'd be new dreams and new visions being released and birthed in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, for my brother today. I thank you, Lord, for my sister today. Lord, we stand in agreement with them. Lord, we are so thankful for your word. It's so encouraging. It's so inspiring. We thank you, Lord God, Lord, that your word has all the answers we need for our day-to-day life and for the generations to come. So, Lord, I pray, Lord God, and we pray together, Lord God, for new beginnings right now. We pray, Lord God, for new dreams in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord God, for new things in the Spirit to be conceived, Lord God. Lord, we pray and we ask in Jesus' powerful name, Lord, that this would be a new day indeed. We thank you, Lord God. Lord, 20 years is a milestone. 40 years is a milestone. But Lord, we thank you, Lord God, in the, in the terms of the, the fullness of the kingdom. They're just another day, Lord. It's just another day. But Lord, we thank you, Lord God. Lord, when they met together, Lord God, 50 days after you, Lord, ascended on high, Lord God, on the day of Pentecost, suddenly something happened and they were never the same again. So we pray in Jesus' name for new dreams and new visions. We pray, Lord God, Lord, for the things that have been laying dormant, We pray, Lord God, that you would raise them up again. And I pray, Lord God, even as I pray, Lord God, for Lord, my brother and my sister, I pray, Lord God, Lord, that this would flow from the front to the back. I pray for new dreams and new visions to fill this house. May it be a house of dreams. May it be a house of visions in Jesus' wonderful name. And as we walk together, may we see them fulfilled in your beautiful name. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we just thank you so much for the sons and the daughters of this house, Lord. Father, for those, Lord, who have been born here of your spirit. Lord, those who have come here and connected themselves, Lord. Father, and joined this family, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for their committed hearts, Lord God.
We thank you, Lord, for them. I pray, Father, for them that they would take on the spirit of Isaac, Lord God, that they would, be, they would be those that would bend their back, Lord God, to carry the burden, Lord. Father, that they would be the provision that, God, that you had in plan, Lord God. You had in mind, Father, for the dreams, not only the ones that have been and the ones that are coming, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. Lord, I just pray for every son and every daughter in this house, Lord God. Father, that as they stand here today, Lord, not only do they bless, Lord God, but they receive, Lord God, the blessing. Not only do they impart, Lord God, Father God, and pray, Lord God, for their parents, spiritual parents, Lord God, and the dreams and the visions that you're putting on their lives, Lord. Father, I thank you that they will receive on their own lives also, Lord. I thank you, Father, Lord, for the dreams and the visions that are going to be birthed even through this same 12-month period, Lord, that you're going to do something phenomenal in them, Lord God. You're going to set them afire and alight, Lord God, in a way they had never known before. But Lord, it's going to come, Father, as they commit, Father God, to serve in the house, to serve their parents in the house, Lord God, to serve your people and your vision, Lord. Father, even as they yield themselves as a sacrifice to bring provision, Lord God, I thank you, Father, that that will be that very same act of sacrifice, Lord God, that will line them up to receive, Lord God, the fullness of the promises for this house and for their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Come on, let's give it up for your pastor, shall we? Give it up for the Lord. Give it up for yourselves. Praise God. You can take your seat again. Thank you. Thank you. We're about to wind up. I'm about to give the microphone back in just a couple of minutes. Just a couple of minutes. Praise God. How many of you know this is a great church? Yes, it is. This is a great church. George and I always feel so at home when we're here. And uh, the great thing about having crazy uncles who feel at home is sometimes they do crazy things. What we're going to do now isn't crazy. I actually think it's very honouring. When uh, we started getting some emails going backward and forward from Pastor Jonathan, and just so you know, Pastor Philip and Susan had no idea until last night that I was going to do what I'm about to do. And so, but as we were talking via email about the weekend and what we thought would be appropriate in ways of honouring, because how many of you know it is appropriate to give honour where honour is due? As in, in Australia, we, we have a real tall poppy syndrome. We call it tall poppy. Do you have that here? Where basically, if someone is doing something noteworthy, we just want to chop them down. Just pull them down. That, that's the Australian culture, tall poppy syndrome. As in, anyone think we're a bunch of convicts sent out from England or something? Anyway. <laughs> but how many of you know that's not the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God says to give honour to whom honour is due. So when we started talking via email, I, I, as in, we, we talked about, and not specifically, but we talked about the fact that the church would be looking to give your pastors a gift, which is a a beautiful and a commendable thing. It should, be, it should be that way. 20 years of ministry is significant. But I did say in one of my emails that I thought it is, would be very, very appropriate to give you the opportunity to participate in an offering if you want to. It's a free will offering. You don't need to do anything. and We, we would never uh, look to persuade you to do anything that you wouldn't want to do. But George and I, we've travelled probably the furthest. Anyone go more than 9,247 miles. We've come the furthest, but we want to contribute to this offering. 
And why would we want to contribute after coming all this way to, to be here? Because we love your pastors. We, we love them dearly. We know the people they are. If you've spent any time at all with them, you know the people they are and you know how much they love you. I'm sure most people in this room have probably received personally from the ministry from this great couple. And so while it's good that the entity, the church entity, as it were, is giving an offering, I did say it's actually the people that should be given the opportunity because you love them and they love you. And so we're going to provide you that opportunity. There's a QR code up on the back there. I know it's a QR code. I didn't know what they used to be called until uh, over in the Soviet state of Australia, we had a thing called lockdowns. And anyway, so we, if we wanted to get fed, we had to use those things. But anyway, so, so anyway, I'll leave that for another day. We're going to take up a love offering to bless this great couple. I want to encourage you, if you want to participate, you can use that QR code. You can also give at the desk, is that right? But I want to encourage you, just do whatever's in your heart. I would encourage you to be generous because we're God's people. I'm always going to encourage you to be generous. You know, I think it's interesting in the Old Testament, you have Abraham, who we've been talking about today. He came across a high priest. Now, we know who the high priest is in the fullness of time and the context of our understanding. But at that time, he just wanted to bless the man of God. This is before tithing was a law or a rule or regulation, call it whatever you want. And, and, but he just wanted to bless the man of God. In the New Testament, we're told to honour, give honour to where and to whom honour is due. I would encourage you to honour your pastors today and be a blessing to your pastors today. But I would also encourage you to do whatever's in your heart. It's a free will offering. And God bless you. Know we love you. Please continue to pray for us and we'll continue to pray for you. And uh, we look forward to being with you again soon. God bless. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan.